0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tactical Yanks Podcast, your podcast for soccer in America and around the world. I'm your co-host Pete Douthit, and I am joined by my fellow
1: co-host Filippo Silva. And welcome to the Tactical Yanks Podcast. Hopefully, you enjoy. We'll be talking about U.S. soccer, European soccer, South American soccer, the World Cup, and much more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tactical Yanks podcast. I am joined here by a guy that you guys are probably tired by now, right? First, I'm i I'm your one of the co-hosts here, Filippo, and I'm joined here by Pete Dowdit once again. Pete, we're tired of you, man. You came back. I think we had enough. We have a special guest that's more important than you today, by the way. I mean, that's. I agree with that. I agree with that he's more important than me, but if you're tired of me,
0: I'll happily leave. <laughs> no, I kind of need you here. <laughs> you're still trying to put me on that
1: limited role, Tech. It's not. Yeah, you, I've you got are, dirt on you. I've got yeah, dirt on you. Your mom called and your dad. I told yeah. Them, what did they say? I said you're not. You're not gonna play. And they said they're gonna talk to Dustin about it. I, and they said they're gonna dig up some dirt on me. Oh, there are just plenty of dirt. I gave them already. Don't worry. I've been talking to Mariana. Oh, I'm <laughs> done. But the special guest, Pete. You want to introduce him?
0: Yes, MLS Buzz, or we'll call you Buzz for short. Man, thanks so much for hopping on. You have strong opinions, I would say, about a lot of things going on. no, but that's I say that as a good yeah. thing, honestly. Like yeah. I like people who have strong opinions and then who can articulate why they feel that way, right and that's what I've noticed about you. you. you usually don't just speak your mind for the sake of speaking your mind you You generally have good reasoning and you back up why you think what you think. and I honestly love that because I think we need more of that. Good quality debate is at a premium. So welcome.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad that I can be one of the good MLS propagandists. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I can ones. be one of the good propagandists, not the bad one. So yeah, it's well, gonna be here. Thank you guys.
1: I think one of the reasons we brought you here too is a lot of the times me and Pete were caught disagreeing with you, especially on Twitter, right? That's where we mainly interact. And yeah. you actually argued back with us, right? Never lost respect and continue to when you agree with us, you agree when you don't and you don't. Unlike... A lot of people that take it very personally, right? It's kind of weird behavior, right? Because in, in real life, you tend to disagree with people and agree, and you still live on. I talked about how me and Pete, a lot of things we disagree, but we don't start to hate on each other because we disagree. We move on. Let's go to the next topic. But anyhow, what are we talking about today, boys? Pete? I've been noticing a
0: lot of chatter online about, you know, Wrexham was put in the FA Cup fourth round against Sheffield United. It was on ESPN+. Plus. It's an exciting story for anybody who's watched ESPN or who's watched the show. Welcome to Wrexham. For those of you, real quick, who don't know what's going on, you should by now if you're listening to this podcast, but Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElneny, who you should know. Rob McElneny on, you know, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and Ryan Reynolds, everyone knows, bought this small club in Wales, in non-league England. It's called Wrexham. They play in the fifth. It's not even the pros. It's I guess it kind of is the pros because they are being paid to play, but it's the fifth division, what's called non-league. And they bought them and they're sort of re-sort of generating this club, putting money into it, not Abramovich or Boley level money, but money to try and get them out of non-league and into the top divisions. And it's become a very exciting story because they've done a good job of, you know, kind of capturing not just the team and the coach and the players and the owners, but the town. It feels like it's the, the club that belongs to the town of Wrexham. And it's kind of caught the imagination of the general public. And it's been on ESPN and a lot of Americans watch it and are rooting for them. And this has led to some pushback from MLS fans who are upset that people care more about a non-league club in England, it feels, than about MLS. So there's been a lot of debate back and forth about why that is. And I thought it'd be fun to discuss today and just kind of give our opinions about, is it true, first of all, that people, you know, soccer fans in America care more about Wrexham than they do about their local team? If so, why is that and what are the different factors that influence fandom and hype around the team? So Wales is a real country? Wales is a real country. No, yeah. we, we can't well, confirm that.
2: We can't spread misinformation.
0: We allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, as Tack allegedly, likes to say. Allegedly, is, no, Wales I mean, is a country. Is, they have their own national team, um, but they're still part of Great Britain, sort of like Scotland.
1: Okay, so maybe Wales is a real country. But yeah, I've, I found that debate fascinating. I think Maybe we can start with Buzz talking about a little bit his overall take, because we saw mainly it was a tweet. i I think it was Eli from MLS, He even says it that it sounded petty. and 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 he was right. He did sound petty, right? He was right. Yeah. Uh, he was like complaining about that how people will rather support Rexham instead of Major League Soccer where one thing I notice a lot with the MLS, either MLS fanboys or MLS media or the propagandists, whatever you want to call it. The one thing I notice from them that bothers me the most is every time something else is successful in U S soccer, instead of them trying to see, okay, what can we learn and improve MLS with that? They always blame the fans. It's never the product. It's always the consumer. They always blame the consumer. And, Sort of what you were saying, Pete. That's kind of like what they did again with this situation, right? It's like, why are they doing this? Like, yeah, exactly. Why are they doing it? And Buzz, why don't we start with you? Why yeah, I mean, I, why is this team popular? I, like, this team, I, no one should care I, I, about them.
2: There's, there's clearly something to the story that people are interested in, right? Like, there's clearly something there. And there's a hook. And I, I love MLS. I love watching MLS. There's a lot of things that hook me in about MLS and that has hooked me in for a long time. But what I don't think people understand is the fact that we're even having a conversation as to why are people interested in the soccer team in Wales? Like that's compared to where we were 10 to 15 years ago, that's an incredible place to be because previously 10 to 15 years ago, the question was, how do we get people interested in soccer? Now it's okay. How do we get people interested in our soccer league? Mm -hmm. And so the question of how you recruit Wrexham fans to becoming MLS fans is a lot easier than the question of how you get people who hate soccer to like MLS. So we're closer, like we're getting closer. And now you have this critical mass of soccer fans in this country. And it feels like there's an ostracizing of the people who it's like, Hey, you don't have to convince these people to like soccer anymore. I mean, think about the beginnings of MLS. It was like, you know, geared towards soccer moms, right? Like it was extremely sanitized. And over the years, MLS has lost a lot of that, but it's still obviously not gone raw enough to attract the kind of crowd that's interested in the Wrexham sort of stuff. And so, like, unless you just go looking for it like me, I mean, I've been on, you know, I've been reading soccer forums and interested in what's going on in the deep world of U.S. soccer for a long time. So I know a lot of the friction and the hooks in the U.S. soccer world. Not everybody does. And Wrexham has introduced people into kind of the raw side of the game in a way that MLS hasn't. So it's like instead of learning from that, I, it's it's weird to me. And I would encourage anybody listening: don't stop feeling the need to defend MLS. Defend what you think. But if there's something that people are interested in, clearly interested in, that is drawing people towards it, drawing people towards soccer, I think we just yeah, like flip like you were saying, Filippo, Filippo. I'm gonna I keep messing it up.
1: Whatever way. Look, I mispronounce almost everyone's name. I'm going to call people you. Know that. So if you mispronounce yeah, I'm gonna call you my tech.
2: name. I'm going to call you Tech. How about that?
1: That's what Pete does. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'll call you Tech. It's just like Tech just said, like, there's there's so many people who are clearly interested in this. And so you, you have to take a second to learn from it. And now I think MLS is in a point where it's kind of embarrassing. I think people are kind of embarrassed by it. It's like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> well, there's, people are saying what they're doing wrong, but they're just not willing to listen right now. But there's a lot to be learned from it, for
1: sure. So I want to bring this now to Pete uh, because I have a question. So we talked about how people are interested in Wrexham and not interested as much in MLS. And then we need to go into why, because I think that's what MLS should be looking into. And obviously, the power of storytelling is a big one. And MLS sucks at storytelling. But then there's a second question here. Does MLS have all the elements to make a beautiful story or a cool story like Wrexham has? And many other clubs can right? MLS doesn't have an open system, promotion relegation, which kind of like kills off that part of the story of Wrexham, right? Of trying to move up the ranks. The second thing MLS has is parity rules, right? A lot of rules and restrictions that drive parity in the league. Which I talked about this. I'm not against a league being balanced, but once it is too balanced, which MLS to a certain extent is very balanced, right? For several reasons, you kill off underdog stories, you kill off super teams that people want to want to beat, right? You can say that maybe LFC is that, um, but MLS doesn't have any of that. So, Pete, what do you think MLS? Do you you think MLS has these elements? Well, they don't have those specific ones I mentioned, but does MLS even have enough elements to make a story that way that will drive people to watch? Even people that are not a fan of it, they care.
0: The story of MLS, in my opinion, and I'm saying this as an American soccer fan, is the story of American soccer. Okay, because. Most fans, at least most American fans, as I understand it, start off being fans of the national team. Usually it's a World Cup that introduces them to the game. And they go, oh, wow, the U.S., we're not that good, but we could be. This is an amazing sport. Why aren't we good, right? We're decent now, sort of. But, like, from the casual fans' perspective, decent is not good enough, right? They want America to be up there with Brazil and Germany and, you know, France and, you know, whatever, the best teams in the world. So the dream of MLS is the dream of American soccer trying to become something, right? To go from being plucky underdogs who are kind of laughed at by the rest of the world as the one thing America is not very good at or one of the few things in sports to, to becoming can they play with the big boys? And that's what drove me to, to really try my darndest to watch MLS because a national team, I don't need to try. If they're playing a C team against Columbia's C team, I'll watch that. I love it. When I moved to the U.S. to Chicago in 2015, I went to every Chicago Fire home game for three years and we sucked. I had to drive out to Bridgeview. It was the worst time to be a Fire fan. I think we were bottom two or three in the in the uh, the um, Eastern Conference every year. And it was just a terrible experience. There wasn't much of a crowd, but I was like, but this is my duty to support the American game, right? To help support American soccer because I want it to grow and I want us to be better. And it was three years of frustration with why, what is there, like, I would get mad that we had such an incompetent front office in Chicago and that no matter how much we sucked, there was almost no consequences. In fact, a lot of the discussion around the supporters would be, I hope we lose this game so we can get the first draft pick at the beginning (laughs) of next season. So the lack of consequences for losing just frustrated me, right? And then I moved to Los Angeles, okay, in 2018. And I was like, all right, let me try to pick one of these LA teams. So I went to the Galaxy, I went to LAFC, and I tried. I really tried to get into both of these teams, both better than Chicago, LAFC especially, when they came. You know, this is a a well-run franchise, but I struggled to care. Like, I struggled to, they, they won. Like, Supporter Shield and MLS Cup last year. I, I, I wasn't even that excited about LAFC winning. And I, I keep asking myself, why? Because there's no consequences for failure. And you can only really go so high. Like, peak you can do. I guess now would be winning CCL and then going to club world cup, what Seattle just did. And that's kind of cool, but only one team can really do that every year. So if you look at the Wrexham story, it doesn't make sense without promotion and relegation, right? If you look at Wrexham, we bought this club, we're going to turn it around. What does that mean? If there's no promotion relegation, we're going to be a good non-league team. Now, like, like, It doesn't really make sense. There's a goal. There's a dream. There's something that they're reaching for in Wrexham. And then they do a very good job of capturing all of the emotions that are connected to that. The people, the town, the players, the coach, Will we go up, how much it means to people. Every game, every minute, every goal, it matters. And that emotion is captured so well in Welcome to Wrexham. And then you have Rob and Ryan who don't know much about the game and are figuring it out as they go, but you see how much they care and how much they want this to be a good team. And so they put this whole package together. Now MLS doesn't have promotion relegation. So that takes a huge part of it away. But You could still do a much, much better job about telling interesting stories, human stories, stories that we can all connect to hope, pain, love, fear, triumph, adversity. These are stories that Hollywood tells every day. And that's why Ryan and Rob are so good at telling it with Wrexham. MLS could look at Save the Crew. That's a fascinating story. They were going to move that team out of Columbus, and the fans banded together and said, hell no, and they raised support, and they got together, and they badgered, and they made their voices heard, and they saved that team. Could make a movie out of it. Yeah, or at the very least, a documentary about it. Heroize these, like, make these fans heroes for what they did. You know, But the storytelling is so poor, and I don't really know why because a lot of the people who run these clubs, they're NFL owners, right? These are people who are used to good storytelling in NFL. So why can't they do the same thing with MLS? I don't know. You guys tell me. What are your thoughts?
1: And we have movie stars with MLS. Will Ferrell is one. Will Ferrell, David Beckham. David Beckham, Matthew McConaughey. So there are these superstars, as would anyone disagree that McConaughey's Probably as big as Ryan Reynolds, I think he is. Yeah, Will even Will
0: farrell I'd say, is the biggest.
1: And look at this. You talked about promotion relegation. I saw someone mention this on Twitter the other day. It would be awesome if in the United States, if we had, I don't know, five divisions also, and it was an open system, and then you had the New York Cosmos. They have a lot of history. You go through the Cosmos, make a welcome to Rexham New York Cosmos story, going up their ranks, a strong brand. But Buzz, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that too. I know yeah. this, is, this yeah. is one of the things, right? That we kind of disagree a little bit. You're you don't seem to care much about promotion relegation. We are a bit more into, well, we're much more into it. But from your side, along with what Pete mentioned, mentioned the save the save the crew. Um, do you think MLS would have enough to actually make meaningful stories right now?
2: Yeah, okay. yeah. A, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, from the perspective of you know, like you were talking about Pete in terms of just not caring, going to Chicago games, LAFC games, Galaxy games. There are here, here's here's where we got to change the discussion to. It's 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 got to move from like a moral. This is the right way to do soccer and the wrong way to do soccer. To what is the best way for the United States to do soccer? And Americans, we we kind of like dynasties sometimes, but I mean, you you see like basketball stars teaming up on super teams and Americans hate that in a lot of ways. Like that's turned a lot of people away from the NBA over the years. Parity is an important part of American professional sports and has been for a long time. But at the expense of that comes a, a ton of mediocrity, like you were talking about Pete. And in terms of, you know, LAFC and the galaxy and the Chicago and comparing kind of, you know, those worlds to what you see at Wrexham, I mean, you're talking about Wrexham, a club that's 150 years of history. Like there's nothing that MLS can do. There's not, even if they opened up the pyramid tomorrow, they wouldn't have that level of story, even if they tried. They can't get to that because of of how much history there is in Wrexham. You're talking about you know, the UK is a little bit bigger than the size of Alabama, and they have 300 so- professional soccer. I mean, how many are in the top five divisions? What is it, like uh, 150 probably?
0: somewhere in yeah, there, 120, at least 100 in the top five hundred and twenty. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine if you
2: took every uh, 150 professional soccer teams and put them in the state of Alabama, like obviously in a hundred years of history, microwave, you would start to see some real culture and real stories like that happen. We just can't, we can't do that overnight in American soccer. We didn't even have a thrive. MLS was on the ropes 15 years ago, barely existing, barely surviving. And so the fact that we even have a league where we can say, hey, there's nice new stadiums going up. Here's here's kind of how I explain to people the difference or how I've tried to articulate the difference and I've had conversations with people. MLS, in Europe, it attracts money because there is interest. But in American soccer, interest has always had to follow money. So in Europe, because Manchester United are a club that a lot of people are interested in, people with money want to buy it. But in the U.S., grassroots support for smaller clubs has just not been there for a long time. Over our history, you look in the I mean, the 19, 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. If you didn't have big money, I mean, Pele showed up with the Cosmos and it sold out. But, you know, the Colorado, whatever they were in the NAS, NASL, well, nobody really cared. But so what like,
1: about F1, though? That's different from Wrexham.
2: Yes, and and here's here's what I'll say about the storytelling side. So I'll say all that to say that's kind of how I see promotion and relegation. But in terms of storytelling, there is zero zero question. MLS absolutely sucks at storytelling. Mostly because they will here's like they will not talk about save the crew. You won't hear that happen. And especially like, Tack, I know that you live in Orlando, live in Orlando, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing a tweet this past year. Where MLS tweeted out when Orlando City won the U.S. Open Cup, the first trophy in Orlando City's history. Which if you followed great. American soccer closely, you know Orlando City was about as organic as it gets in U.S. soccer, and what had twenty-five thousand show up for a U.S.L. title that was a big deal to them. I had Dom Dwyer playing for that team, like there was there was heart behind that moment. That's something that Orlando City fans have a part of their history. But MLS like acts like it doesn't exist. Like the entities are completely separate. So even when you have a club that starts as a club, they still rip the roots out, even when it is organic. It's like, look, we, not everybody's going to be organic, but the clubs that are organic and do have some rawness to it, people want to see that. And so maybe we'll see that with the Apple deal, but yeah, there's but no question here's,
1: that. But here's what's interesting of what you said, and it, it kind of backs what P was saying about promotion relegation. You don't have promotion relegation, so essentially these leagues are competing with each other. Right, the Premier League doesn't compete with the Championship in terms of views. They don't compete with each other. They're separate. They, they're connected almost, right? Um, or, or or competing for markets. That's not really what's happening, right? Now, MLS has all the interest in the world in and no one take this out of context, please. Sabotaging USL, right? They they'd rather hurt USL. They don't. They can't. They can't let USL grow. They they can't. They have to grow if they have to outpace USL's growth. Which to be fair, they probably have. But if yeah. anything changes, that hurts MLS. That is a problem. In another issue that you talked about, P was saying about not caring, and then you mentioned NBA, NFL. The problem with is we shouldn't compare with those leagues, right? Because NFL, we're the only ones to play football, American football, in the world, right it's here. NBA, we are the best league in the world, undisputed, the richest basketball league in the world, by far the best. The best players in the world want to come here. And I would say 99% of the best players in the world play in NBA. Maybe 100%, but I don't want to affirm that. And in NBA, when you finish last, you get a draft pick of a player that can completely change your franchise. In MLS, if you finish last, you get a player that might be a backup in your franchise for the rest of his life. Might not be anything nowadays that we have MLS academies. So it doesn't really work. The the thing is soccer is a little bit different from the other sports. So copying the same business model might not be the way. And I understand why it started that way. And I understand the U S we like to monopolize, right? um, The sports league, but we can't treat it the same way. It just doesn't work that way because there's differences to it, NBA, NFL, whatever, whichever one we go towards. I think the New York cosmos, they might not have as many years in their life as Rexham. but I think you can tell a beautiful story there with Pele, everything that happened in the past, them going, like the downfall of the cosmos. They're coming, like coming back to everything about it. You can tell a story. And again, I mean, God rest his soul, Pele, but You just saw right now how much impact he has. Like, if you do that, it's not just Americans watching it. It's the world that would watch it. Not really. I'm not saying the world would care about MLS, but if you do a documentary about the Cosmos trying to move up and when Pele was even alive, you could have done a documentary with him coming to the game. Things like that would drive interest, would make people care. And I'm with Pete with that, too, because with Orlando City, it's quite similar. Lucky for me and Pete, our teams in the U.S. are so good, so good. We both got trophies this year, right? We both got trophies. <laughs> I know my trophies. More I don't know important. how good Orlando is, but okay. I mean, our trophy is more important the Open Cup. <laughs> but-
0: Honestly, the Open Cup is my favorite competition in, in, in American soccer because like it's the it. only in co- competition that anybody can – technically, of course, anybody can win it. Obviously, most USL and lower league teams don't have the money to win it. But for the first time, you see teams from all the leagues, or the only time, not the first time, competing together in the same competition.
1: And I love that. I struggle to care, Pete, just like you, though. I went to the game. I actually went to the Open Cup Final. How could I miss it right here in Orlando? And I mean, I was happy that we won. But I, I'm i a big-time Palmeiras fan right in Brazil. And it is different to compare the culture there and here. Um, it's crazy there right how much people are passionate for the sport and palmeiras loses a random game i'm upset about it they win a trophy i'm truly feeling it i feel that i'm happy i'm upset the u.s men's national team they win i'm pissed they sorry they win i'm pissed off they lose i'm pissed off they win i'm happy (laughs) orlando won a trophy and i was just like when we beat mexico in the final the gold cup with that horrible team we had i was buzzing remember we were going crazy with that now Orlando yeah, wins a cool. trophy, and I was just like, cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, happy for them. i are going to play the TCL, but. Yeah, but I like, think, like you
2: said, like, here's the thing, Tech. I think people don't, I think, you know, who, who's the guy who said you can change your girlfriends, but you can't change your football club? Who's the one who said that?
1: I like, mean, every Brazilian. I
2: don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can have a, a second first love. Like everybody has their one first club that they have that they fell in love with when they were younger. And I think you're kind of locked into that. But in my experience, I've seen a ton of young people who have that connection with their MLS team that you're talking about with Palmeiras where the little games do matter. That's why you see all of these young clubs with a lot of young people who are in college just getting into the sport. You know, I have friends who live in Nashville who absolutely love Nashville SC. I mean, they're they're a part of the club every single day. I mean, they see it as their club. They've been with it since 2014, 2013, 2012 when it was in PSL, I believe and they kind of saw it go up to USL and then up to MLS, they have that heart. It, it exists. Those stories exist. Like I've said, those people – there are people who were at that Orlando City game who, you know, to you it might not, might not have been a big deal, but to them, for people who were there at the first USL games at the Citrus Bowl, isn't that what it was? For for those people who were there at the old stadium, that had something to it. But, again, it's, it's not going to be the same level as Wrexham. My granddad watched this team and – You know, it has the logo of the club. But People in the U.S.
1: didn't have their granddads watching Wrexham, right? They just cared because they cared here. What I'm saying with Orlando, Orlando, for example, I, I coach here in Orlando, right? And my company has over 300 kids registered. So it's not a lot. There's more people here in Orlando. And I have told this to Pete way too many times. Most of the kids don't know Orlando City exists. Believe it or not, these are kids that are playing soccer. Not all of them, but like the Brazilian kids I have, they know because Brazilian dads will take their kids to the game. So they know they don't care. Like I I probably now that we don't have Kaká and Nani and we have some good players, but they're not superstars. I think most of the kids can't name a player in the roster, right? That is crazy. It is crazy. So I think, like you said, MLS struggles with storytelling. They struggle with making people care. Um, I don't know how much they can change it. And F1 is a great example. F1 doesn't... I know they have history in the past, right? You go back to the 90s and before that, Nelson Piquet, Ayrton Senna, Michael Schumacher, they have history there, but that's not quite what they did with their content, the drive to survive on Netflix, right? So MLS could do something to do that, but let's just wrap up this section with one question. I actually want to give this to Pete before Buzz responds. Pete, why are and this wasn't buzz and not all mls fans why were some mls fans pissed off with the success of wrexham i mean everybody's got their own reasons here's what i think are the two
0: primary reasons number one insecurity i think that a lot of people who follow mls and who see its growth like it has made progress especially over the last i want to say five to seven years MLS has made a lot of progress in terms of the new clubs, in terms of stadium, in terms of, you know, uh, player development. There's been a lot of progress in MLS. And and so they see that. And then they they, they understandably feel inferior to the best leagues in the world, which MLS is. And then they, so they kind of maybe understand, okay, you support Chelsea, of course, that's a very good team. But now you're supporting a non-league team, Wrexham, and I can't get you to come to a, you know, Red Bulls game? And, and there's a little bit of insecurity there, right? And then I, the other side of that is I've heard people say it's your duty if you're an American and you love soccer, mm-hmm. it is your duty to support MLS. And I think that is like one of the most beta things I've ever heard. Like it's America. Every we're a capitalist country. It is not the responsibility of the producer of a goods of a product to make you to make that product success. I mean, it, I'm sorry. It is the responsibility of the producer of a product to make that product successful. If that product fails or is subpar or or not enough people care about it or people care about a different product that you as the producer think is subpar, that's not on the fans or the consumer. And I hate talking about football as a producer consumer thing because it makes it feel so plastic, but I'm just using the analogy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's on you. And the question that MLS and even to a degree MLS fans instead of hating on people who like Wrexham and saying, ah, you're just a Euro snob or whatever, ask why, why do they care? Because when you can understand why, what makes somebody's heart and emotions care about something, then you can try to bring that into your product. Because if you don't, you will always struggle to get those people to care. So I think those are the two primary reasons. I think a sense of insecurity is one reason why they get mad. And I think the other one is a sense of duty, which is a good thing. That's what I had, honestly. I watched Chicago Fire games because I felt a sense of duty to support American soccer because I wanted American soccer to grow. It just got to a tipping point where I was like, I can't care this much when nobody running the club seems to care, right? When people in charge don't seem to care, My caring, even with the USMNT, sometimes I put so much love and passion and emotion and time and energy and effort into it. And then I watch US soccer run their thing. And I'm like, ha, why do you not care (laughs) as much as me or at least not seem to care? Or maybe you care, but you're so ridiculously incompetent, you know, because I can't believe anybody would care that much would be that incompetent. So. I think those are the two reasons. Does that answer your question? Maybe not. Maybe I just went on my own rant. But.
1: I mean, no, those were those were two reasons that you've given. And yeah, I think mostly what you said, it's more of like insecurity, jealousy. I think that was the word you're trying to use a little bit. Yeah. Like, how can this club that is clearly, clearly worse than MLS teams draw attention? Because they, they also, a lot of the MLS fans also hear lots like people saying, I don't watch MLS because it's just crap. And right. then all of a sudden, you see a team that's actually, a crap, right? yeah, actually crap, right? Actually, crap. It's like, and then you guys care about this team, which goes back to that argument that in terms of quality, MLS has already enough to drive views. The main problem is not quality, right? There are leagues in the world that are worse and get views locally. They're domestic leagues. Uh, Liga MX might not be better than MLS anymore. It might not be, yeah. but they get more views in the U.S. than MLS. Yeah. In the United States.
0: And that's kind of my point about promotion relegation buzz is that America like soccer is completely different than all the other American sports. And MLS has struggled to get American soccer fans to care enough of them. Right. About MLS. Liga Mekis is the number one soccer league in America. The most watched. Premier League is number two. Champions League is number three. MLS is fourth. So what one of the reasons that I think that people don't care and, and you know, this is probably anecdotal, but almost everybody I talk to say it's plastic or it's, it's not real. It's not a real league. They don't have promotion relegation. It's just franchise. It's entertainment. It's fun. You go to a game, you have a good time, but you know, it's not real. It's not a serious league. And while I don't think they're completely right in every way, I do think that not having promotion relegation you'll struggle to convince somebody who watches all these other soccer leagues that have it and which it's, it's a fundamental part of what makes football so special around the world in all these leagues. And then you come to this one of the few leagues in the world that doesn't have it and you go, okay, that's not a real league. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. But I I do think that there, the hooks won't be the same for MLS that there are for European leagues or Mexican leagues. It's just going to have to be different. MLS is going to have to lean into what makes it different and not be afraid of, of what makes it in some cases, you know, worse in a lot of ways. For instance, one one interesting thing going on in MLS right now that you won't hear about is the fact that Wayne Rooney is essentially playing football manager or you know FIFA career mode with his roster in DC. Right? Here's a guy who's was or is England's all-time leading goal scorer who is running an MLS club and you know they fired their GM. It's messy. I mean, it's, it it could end up where Wayne Rooney's fired by the summer. Like I've talked to people who think that he's not gonna last because of the way he's building the roster. It's messy. You're not gonna see, you're not gonna see camera crews in there watching Wayne Rooney screw up and then MLS talking about how Wayne Rooney came over here and ran DC United into the ground. It, potentially, if he's doing that, throwing out these crazy contracts. When something, when there is messy stuff happening, or even the galaxy, right? Galaxy fans, you know, going up against their club and saying, "Hey, look, we're not going to show up to games." Stuff like that, where it's like it's real and raw to a lot of people, but the stories are, are being kept in the dark. So until those stories are given a fair shot and they're actually they're they're being told, um, it's it's hard to know if they'll work. Because uh, I think every every league needs quality. You need history, and you need your stories to be told well. MLS doesn't really have much history. We're getting better at quality and the storytelling is bottom tier. And so we don't have I think we have, I think we've passed League MX in quality, to be honest. But of course I'm MLS but of course I'd say that. But I think we've passed League MX in quality. We have nowhere near the history and nowhere near the storytelling because League MX, of course, is just so much more
1: popular. But before we move on, there's one thing I want to add about MLS too, which I think they do a terrible job in actually One way to get fans to care is to create rivalries, right? And you don't really create it in a... It has to be organic. One way to create rivalries is, one, the United States is a very big country in terms of land, right? You can't compare it to the European countries. The European countries, some of them are the size of some of our states, right? But Brazil is also a big country. In Brazil, the way rivalries are created, because most of the Brazilian rivalries are just because of the state. They play each other too much. There's like state tournaments, local tournaments. And then the only big rivalries you have outside of that are the teams that win a lot of trophies, like Palmeiras and Flamengo is sort of a rivalry now, but mainly are the ones within the state. I think MLS should change the structure of the league. They should have the first like two or three months of the season, maybe have regional tournaments. Let those teams beat each other up every year have something like that, create rivalries, actual rivalries, right? Not this this Orlando-Atlanta rivalry. No one really buys into it as much as they try to pretend it is. You I was in Orlando United. City. Yeah. What?
2: You don't hate Atlanta United? They aren't I the don't care of about existence. them at all.
1: <laughs> Pete, I'll tell you. Look, let me tell a story here, and I don't even know if the guys from Orlando City that I worked will be pissed off about this. But we were in a soccer school there. and the soccer school, obviously, parents have to register their kids. One of this kid came to train with an Atlanta United Jersey to which I went to one of the guys in charge and I said, look, I don't care too much, but as far as I'm concerned, these are our rivals and I'd love to have the kid here, but it kind of doesn't make sense to let him practice with this. He has to go change his t-shirt to which they said, let him play. So there's a kid in an Orlando city soccer school training with an Atlanta United Jersey for me. Any MLS jersey should not be allowed besides Orlando City, in my opinion. No, any other club. It should be Orlando City. We're Orlando City. And then, nevertheless, the 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 alleged rival, right? So that's how much they take it seriously, right? I'll tell you another story. My sister used to swim at Flamengo. And um, they're like swimming academy or whatever you want to call it. And I used to go there to play pickup soccer. And I usually would always go with a neutral jersey because I don't want to get beat up. But one day I decided to go with a France jersey because I was like, I mean, who would care, right? It's a club France. Like what? They did not allow me in the club. I wasn't allowed in there with a France jersey. Is that too extreme? Maybe, but I'm just showing how much they care here. They don't care, right? The rival, the rival, and they didn't care. So you need to create actual rivalries. Almost, I wouldn't say hatred, but When you lose to Atlanta here in Orlando, you have to be legitimately pissed off, everyone. That doesn't really happen. Do local tournaments and partner with USL. Do a tournament with Atlanta United, Inter-Miami, Tampa Bay Rowdies, Orlando City. Put Miami FC, or I think the Fort Lauderdale Strikers are done, I guess. I think they're done. But make tournaments with that. Create local rivalries. People will start to care. And then have the MLS season a bit shorter with all the teams because the United States is so big. They don't do that. It's a weird system. They don't want to risk promoting USL. The priority is to protect owners, protect mediocre players, and not That's really... I don't point. know if they're priority... And make money. Yeah, and, and kind of make money, right? Because they could be making a lot more money if they did things right. Guys, look, because we're... At 37 minutes, let me run a quick word from our sponsor and we'll continue maybe this talk a bit more. I'll let Pete actually pick the next topic or the Club World Cup if he wants to go through. But thank you, DraftKings, once again for sponsoring this podcast. NBA fans, it's time to, it's time that the hoops action, on, put the hoops action on the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. So download now. Sign up with the code TBPN. That is TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official official sports betting partner of the NBA and only with the code TBPN. So once again, thank you, DraftKings, for sponsoring the podcast. And, hey, play with responsibility. Okay, Pete, do we expand on this or I think we're done with MLS? We want to talk a little bit about the Club World Cup. has an MLS club.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that because I feel like for the first time, not first time, we have obviously CCL, which we go up against Mexico. But I guess for the first time, an MLS team gets to play a non-North American team in an actual competition. This is not a summer friendly to make money. This is not a showcase. This is not a marketing exercise. This is the FIFA Club World Cup. And that's why we wanted to win CCL, Right both because regional dominance over Mexico is important to American fans and it's important to MLS. Honestly, talking about rivalries, the rivalries between Liga MX and MLS is a way more intense and bigger rivalry than between any MLS clubs. So we did that, finally. We beat Seattle, good for them, one MLS Cup. I mean, one uh, Champions League. And now they're going to face, personally, I think it's going to be Al-Ali, unless Wellington Phoenix can pull off a win. And for the first time ever, we'll get to see what we look like a representative of our league looks like against, you know, a non North American team. And I think it it's going to be very hard to draw too many conclusions off of one game, right? Because it's one team out of 30 in one game, but if they win, it'll be something they'll get to play real Madrid. You know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I I think one, one win. I I think this one game, you could draw more from it than 40 summer friendlies. Because yeah. the, like, like you said, this is this is real competition. And this is a measuring stick. Our only measuring stick has been Liga MX. And Liga MX's only measuring stick since they left Libertadores has been MLS. And so breaking out of that and having getting access to this kind of measuring stick, getting access to this platform is huge. And I don't think there can be any excuses, man. I, I can already hear the excuses of, well, it's early in the year for Seattle and they're, they're in their preseason form, all this. It, that can't that can't be in anyone's conversation because people will not give MLS that level of forgiveness or grace. If, if Seattle gets four nilled by all elite, however you say it there, that's going to go down against MLS all around the world. And I know people don't track this closely, but I do think you'll see a lot of people around the world at the very least checking the score to see how the first ever MLS team in the club world cup is doing. I don't think they'll tune in to watch Jordan Morris, fly down the wing, even though I do think Tack will be doing that because I know he loves Jordan Morris. But I, well,
1: still this peak, I, I think that,
2: <laughs> big Jordan Morris fans here. Uh I, I don't think people are going to be tuning in to watch Seattle, but it, it will matter for MLS. It 100%. However, it turns out, no excuses. It well, will go into the reputation of the league.
1: Because it, it's it's really not just about that game. The, the game against our lee, if our if lee wins, the Egyptian team, assuming they win, It's not about that game. No one in the world is going to care about that game. No one's going to watch that game besides MLS fans and you know Egyptians. Real Madrid fans, they don't care who they play. They don't even want to know who they play. They're just going to play. Um, Flamengo on the other side of the bracket, they might care, but they're not going to care about that one because they're not going to face any of those, right? So it's going to be just MLS and Egypt. But the big thing is once, if MLS beats them, all of a sudden you have a competitive match between the Seattle Sounders and Real Madrid which is arguably a top three best team in the world right now, right? You're going to see MLS defenders playing against Karim Benzema, Rodrigo, Vinicius, Modric, right? Um, Chouameni defending <laughs> defending Jordan Morris and Roldan. <laughs> so, so again, I think it's more about that second game. They have to go through. If they lose to Awali, if they play Awali, once again, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Awali will face Auckland from New Zealand on February 1st. And then oh, I'm
0: sorry, it's not Wellington Phoenix, it's Auckland. You're
1: right. Auckland, yeah. And then whoever wins there will face Seattle on Saturday, February fourth. So whoever they face there, if they lose, MLS will get no attention. If anything, it'll just become another joke. It was like they you couldn't You can't lose to Al Ali. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, technically you tech, you're can
0: you a top tech? 10, 12 league in the world, and then your best team loses to Al Ali. You can't but hear me out, hear me out,
2: hear me out. Tech. How did the 2020 World Cup end for Palmeiras?
1: Well, Palmeiras lost to Tigres.
2: See, I, it says in fourth place. Palmeiras finished fourth and all of oh, yeah, finished. but third. that
1: sec- but that was the third place where Palmeiras didn't care. The thing is,
2: yeah, but still, but, like I, I, think, I think it will matter. I, here's my point. I think that first game will matter because no, but that wasn't if MLS gets though. the break speed well, off, Palmeiras was already
1: matter. in the semifinals. It wasn't the first game. It was the semifinals. And then also Palmeiras went the next year to go toe-to-toe extra time with Chelsea. The MLS yeah. might not get a chance again next year. Who knows? Seattle probably won't. They're not playing the CCL. Well, are they? No. No. Yeah, They're, they they're not going not, not, they they're they're to get close. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. not playing the not even, even though I was kind of like thinking maybe they should have played just for being the champions, but whatever. Um, they're not going to get that chance again, right? MLS might start losing to Liga Mekis a few times. We don't know the thing the thing too, is with MLS, there's more weight to it. Argentine teams, Brazilian teams, they've won the Club World Cup in the past. They beat European teams. And when they play European teams, they've proven that European teams don't walk over them, right? You want to Flamengo went to Liverpool to extra time. Palmeiras went to Chelsea with extra time. And what was it the year before? Actually, Tigres did a good job against Bayern. Monterey had- lost 2-1 to Liverpool for a couple years back. Yeah, MLS has to beat this team. And look, Sounders losing to Real Madrid, it's more than expected. No one's here is going and saying the Sounders have to beat. But put on a fight. Yeah. Lose. Look, exactly. if you lose 2-0 to Real Madrid, honestly, applaud them. That's fine. Just it also depends, though, Tac, how you lose, okay? Because if Seattle
0: goes there and parks 11 people in the box... And just defends for their lives and loses two 0 that's still not good, right? It's not just about the yeah. scoreline. Performance will matter. If you go honestly, if 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 you go toe to toe with Real Madrid, which they'll never do, they can't, and they shouldn't. But if you did and you lost three one, but you created a few chances and you maybe forced a save or two out of the goalkeeper, I think you would get more plaudits for that than you would losing by a smaller margin, but just defending for your life. I guess score a goal,
1: right? Lose 3-1. Score a goal, like actually do something in the game, look threatening at times, which is going to be tough. It is Real Madrid. But like we said, these clubs from South America have been going to the Club World Cup. They have been losing to the European teams the past few seasons. The gap got much bigger. I think the last one to win was Corinthians in like 2012 against Chelsea. Uh, That was probably the last one. But it is usually a very tough match for the European side. That's what we want to see from the Sounders. But again, the worst nightmare possible is them losing before they face Real Madrid. That Which would
2: be- I think is a possibility. I think, no, think sure. it's think more think so likely too. that they lose.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it's so too. And, I do, and like you said, Buzz, and this is what I love about you, is you love MLS because oftentimes when you criticize MLS or when you demand better, and when you, I say, a person, demands better from MLS. The comeback is always you're just a hater. What I'm hearing from you, somebody who loves MLS, who has a, you know, account that you like tweet about MLS nonstop and defend it most a lot of the time. You're saying no excuses. You it's not good enough to lose to Al Ali, doesn't matter even how you play. And I agree with you. It doesn't matter if it's preseason. This you are representing American soccer. The same way that the US national team represents American soccer at the World Cup. Outside of Portland, every MLS fan wants Seattle to win this, right? Because this represents us. This represents our league and our reputation. It is another sort of chalk mark on the wall. It's another representation of where American soccer is at. And so we're all, I'm, I'm not even a quote MLS fan. I watch MLS for the young players, but I want Seattle to win for the sake of the reputation and the perception of our league around the world. And I agree with you that there can be no excuses with Al-Ali. Well, there was a huge
2: excuse for years about CONCACAF Champions League and as to why MLS club weren't winning it. It was was early in our season. It's early in our season. Within MLS in 2017, adds allocation money, the teams get better. And suddenly MLS have knocked out League MX clubs 10 times in the last five years so it's like okay, so it was quality the whole time. The teams got better, <laughs> yeah, and we started winning. So it's like it, the excuse was, "Oh, well, it's just early in the season." If it was just later, it's like, "Well, it, no, it had nothing to do with the tie. It had maybe something to do, maybe 20 percent." But at the end of the day, you there there aren't there can't be excuses because in 2025, 2026, we don't want to hear excuses when the Club World Cup and World Cup is here. We can't make them
1: now. And Buzz, just to add also what you just mentioned. The Brazilian clubs that go, they're also in preseason. They are, they're always in. Like yes. the, the Palmeiras one that they lost, they were in preseason. And when they got back to Brazil, there was no excuses. It was embarrassing. Nobody's nobody in Brazil is saying, Oh, we're in preseason. No, no, it's embarrassing. It's like, okay, <laughs> what they were telling Palmeiras is, Well, maybe you should have started preseason earlier. That's what they yeah. were telling them. Maybe you should have started earlier, done, done better friendlies. Flamengo's going there right now. They, they literally started the season. They had, I think, three games, two games. That's it. They just started their season. If they lose to any, if they lose to Real Madrid, no one's gonna like go after them. But if they lose in the semifinals, like Palmeiras did, they're gonna be trashed on their back to Brazil. There's no excuses on it. Same thing. Same thing goes for the Sounders. Uh, there's no excuses. MLS has a lot more money than Al than the Egyptian league. MLS has more quality than those leagues. We know that. So they should win. They should win. And again, like Pete said, then play Real Madrid, make it a match, right? We don't expect the Sounders to beat Real Madrid. We don't expect them to put up a major fight. But I don't know. Try to get a goal. Lose 3-1. Make Real Madrid grind for it. Because you got to remember, too, you're going to face a Real Madrid side, which I'm going to question their motivation. Uh, yeah. we, we've seen this in multiple yeah. occasions where the European team doesn't care until it's the final. They go to the Club World Cup because they go play the semi-finalists and like, okay, uh, when we face the finalists, it'll be River Plate, Boca, um, Flamengo, Palmeiras. The, the Brazilian clubs will put up a little bit more effort because that'll be tough. Before that, so it's sloppy, right? It's sloppy sometimes. And you might get a Real Madrid side that doesn't care too much. What if I'm not saying the B Sounders team? are going to beat Real Madrid, though, just to make sure. What if Ancelotti
0: clear? puts out a B team? Like, what if he rests Benzema and Modric and Truamini and all of these guys and they're puts still out potentially a B team?
1: team? Huh? They're still better than the Sounders.
0: No, of course <laughs> they are. But I'm just saying, if you're putting out a B team, that tells me that they're probably uh, underestimating you, first of all. for sure. Fairly so, certainly. But also, you could be more motivated that it's a B team. You can't get thrashed by a Real Madrid B team. Because yeah. that's as bad as losing to Al ali even though they're better than you, it doesn't matter. A B team thrashing you is is always a bad thing because it just makes that gap so like yawningly large, you know.
1: So I think we can wrap things up here. Just wanted to say one thing before we go. Uh, well, you guys are gonna say it, not me, or maybe I will. Pete, is are the Sounders gonna face Real Madrid? You think they'll beat Auckland, or would you bet on that right now? No. No, I've okay. been
0: tracking their their results before this, like their preseason results against like Swedish teams and, and lower end teams. It's not looking good.
1: What about you, Buzz? Uh, being being realistic about it. not not like I want them to win. You guys already said hopefully we want them to go play Real Madrid. I think that would be a great test. But Buzz, would you bet money on them? I'm not saying we're betting money here, though, but would you bet money on them? It's like, no, the Sounders will be there.
2: No, there's all Ali haven't lost a game since last fall. They don't lose. They haven't lost in a long time and they've been on a run and they love this tournament. They have guys who are experienced in this tournament. I think that, I mean, maybe I'm being super pessimistic, but I, I'm hoping that Seattle doesn't get embarrassed by all Ali. Cause I think the intensity of that match will be something that a lot of these Sounders players mm-hmm. won't necessarily be prepared for. Even in CONCACAF champions league, it, there's nothing that can prepare you for what a lot of these African clubs had to go through to qualify to get there and their experience having already played third, you know, these, a lot of these club players who are playing for all elite aren't leaving every year. I mean, they're, they're getting paid well in Egypt to play. There are no rush to leave. That happens a lot, you know, sort of in that part of the world. And so these players, they've been there, they've been around the, they've been around the block. They're going to be looking to play Real Madrid. It's not going to be about the moment for them. They, they're going to be coming full throttle. And so, I'm worried about Seattle just not getting 3-0'd by All Elite, honestly. And I would I would love to be wrong, but I don't see Seattle winning that game. But again, love to be wrong.
1: I like that you brought that up real quick because I talked about how Real Madrid might not care. But all other teams in the Club World Cup, every single one of them, they care a lot. They yeah, care yeah. a lot. This is special for them. So as Real Madrid might not care, if they play Al Ali the Sounders, they're going to care a lot. And they're going to cost real so once again, um, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Buzz, for coming here for the first time, actually. First time you come here as a guest. We hope to have you back more in multiple occasions. It was lots of fun. And Pete, I'll let you close since I open.
0: Yeah, um, guys, there's a ton more that the, you the know, MLS has to do in terms of storytelling, in terms of getting people to care. They've made progress not so much in the storytelling department, they've made progress in terms of quality, in terms of development, and in terms of infrastructure. And I just hope that with this Apple deal, MLS can, uh, it does sound like Apple is asking for more. They're asking for more storytelling, right? This is Apple. It's told the story of Ted Lasso. They know how to tell stories, right? They they have a whole channel dedicated to storytelling. So hopefully that'll push MLS to be better in that department. Let us know your thoughts, guys. Don't forget to smash that like button. Uh, well, it's not a like button. Rate us. We're not on YouTube this time. Rate us, whether whatever platform you're on, uh, and give us a review if you're on um, Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Also, go follow MLS Buzz on Twitter. Can you just give them your handle?
2: Yeah, at MLS underscore Buzz, but don't follow me. I have enough
0: followers and enough people doing <laughs> hateful things. So don't follow him. So follow Tagan
2: like and, and go hate. Yes, send send all of your hate mail to Tech and 11 Yanks on Twitter please.
1: No, I'll, I'll actually pass it to 11 Yanks I'll pass well, we you. get plenty of hate trust me
0: we're not we' not um, <laughs> we are not obscured from the hate department believe it
1: no and and before we leave so no one just calls us MLS haters here MLS is back here in February okay so if you don't if you like MLS get pumped if you never watched MLS what I'll say is maybe give it a try. Okay. Try it again. The, because a lot of people also tried MLS like five years ago, it is a better league and it keeps getting better. So if you didn't watch it, give it a shot, Pete. All yours.
0: And if nothing else, watch it. If you're a USMNT fan like me, there's tons of young American prospects coming through at lots of different, it's not just Philly and Dallas anymore. This is happening at 10, 12, 15 clubs throughout the league. So if no, for no other reason, if you're a USMNT fan, watch it for that. Watch it for the young American prospects coming soon, you know, coming through the ranks Guys, have a great week. Thanks again, Buzz. Thanks, Tack. We'll talk to you all soon.